Hi, I'm Mags. I'm Joe. And I'm Zan. And we're the Three, Three Warning Witches. Witches. This week we're discussing chapters 7 through 12 of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. And the wine we're drinking tonight is the Voga Italia Moscato. Yum. It's an interesting bottle. <laughs> I bought it because of the bottle, but I thought the top would be better so I could keep it. I don't think I'm going to keep it. It's so fancy. Bummer. <clears throat> so we're going to start off by recapping uh, the chapters. And as we go through, we'll be asking questions, just stuff we thought of. Um, just something important to note at the very beginning is probably that we're not like uh, literary scholars or anything like that. <laughs> we're just, you know, normal people, somewhat normal people. And we're just, you know, reading a book. Uh, we're not experts in any way. There's nothing that we're saying that we mean in any offense. And so if you find anything that's offensive, we didn't mean it, obviously. Um, so that's just some, something to keep in mind. Okay, so we'll start on Chapter 7. So at the beginning of this chapter, Feyre finally rejoins Tamlin and Lucian in the dining room. Uh, after being washed and plucked by Alice, she's wearing pants and a very ornate tunic. The high fame males have both finished eating, and as she looks around, she continues to take in the opulence of the golden goblets around her, and she basically can see how the Fae could see humans as nothing more than wild beasts. That takes us to the first question. Do you want to ask the... Sure. So Feyre is kind of shocked by the staggering wealth that the Fae live in. They have golden goblets that are actually made of gold. Matching cutlery, which she does not have at home. An extravagant waste of food because there's a feast before her. Um, so she's kind of comparing it to her current situation where she is so poor and cannot afford these things. So she seems to be a little judgy. But Feyre wasn't always poor. She had money. She probably had servants of her own. So what do you think about that? Is she jealous? Or is she now just more aware of how it is to be poor and sort of seeing that she may have taken it all for granted, along with the rest of her family. I, I don't think she took it for granted. I don't know if she necessarily understands how rich they are because of her previous history of, you know, having had lived in somewhat of a, you know, rich household. But like even the even by comparison, she understands that. You know, th these aren't gold-plated. These are gold mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. chalices or whatever um, <clears throat> around her. And so I don't think she's jealous. I do think that she thinks that they're very... Excessive? <laughs> yes, yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Like frivolity. Like right, they, yeah. Definitely. I think she's far from jealous. I feel like she's definitely more aware of how it is to be poor, so aware that she's accustomed to living a simple life. So seeing riches flaunted in such a way is most likely excessive and wasteful to her, um, <laughs> especially given the poverty and suffering that many humans, you know, including her family, were going through. Um, and like your question stated, I think Feyre also thought that the Fae took their wealth and power for granted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that her family uh, took it for granted because till this day they don't know how to save any kind of money. They want to live like they used to, buying shoes and cloaks, uh, things that they don't necessarily need. They don't save for the future. Right. Um, and Nessa is a snob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Elaine's pretty clueless. I think she's just living in, I don't know, some other World. realm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I agree that they don't know how to save at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, it, later on, it's mentioned that she was eight when her mom died. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of misconstrued that with um, that being when they lost their wealth. And they really lost their wealth when they were like... A little later. She was 14, right, I think. Mm -hmm. So much, a little bit later. But yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, uh, Tamlin encourages her to eat and tries to explain to Feyre that there was nothing wrong with the food, but when Feyre doesn't move to indulge herself, Lucian makes fun of Tamlin about his lack of skills with the females and their diminishment over the last several decades. 
um, something that Feyre does, you know, think about whenever he mentions it. Lucian notes that Feyre's appearance has improved, but would have preferred a dress. And when asked why, Tamlin answers for Feyre to say that it would be easier for her to kill them in pants. She uh, is told to sit down and Lucian says they don't bite, but he smiles in a way that makes it seem like that's not out of the realm of possibility. While this is happening, Farah is at war with herself because she's starving and the table is covered in food. Even if she doesn't make any move to serve herself, her skin and bones and her appearance, along with her inner dialogue, is inferring that she is heavily coveting the food um, that is presented there. Tamlin luckily gets up and serves her and mentions that it is a great honor to be served a plate by a high fae. <laughs> that takes us to question number two. And I have I have to mention something also here because does not not remind you because we're all Hispanic ladies. <laughs> but is that like not I a little bit it's funny because in it's, yeah it's backwards. The woman always serves the man. She's like the last one to sit down. In our culture. She yeah. even like feeds all the kids, feeds the husband, and she gets the scraps. <laughs> yeah. We're the, the last to eat is... Yes. yes. Yeah. So, uh, question two. Tamlin asks, uh, Feyre, what do you want? And in her mind, she says she wants to eat, flee, and save her family. She wants to go back to the family who doesn't even appreciate her. And we find that she eventually, later on in the book, falls for her captor. Do you think she's so used to being tr- treated poorly, she finds herself falling in the same situations? Or do you think it's more of a hero complex... We see much later in the book that Tamlin and Feyre, they sort of switch roles where Feyre is the, uh, the hero and Tamlin's kind of the damsel in distress. <laughs> so what do you think about her wanting to, to, to leave? Mm, I see it as a hero complex, to be honest with you. She's the one to take care of the family. Mm-hmm. They depend on her. And... Um, Unfortunately, she's been mentally trained to think that she's a caretaker of everybody. So um, when having to feed and take care of them, especially keeping the promise to her non-loving mother, it's a must for her to save her family no matter how they treat her. So having to accept her punishment from Tamlin, she now has to get accustomed to a new life outside her norm. And seeing the way Tamlin is treating her is basically opening her eyes to something she's never really had in her life, which is the attention you know, and what she calls love at this point. <clears throat> yeah, like a provider. Right. Someone else is providing for her. Correct. So she's kind of having to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I do think that, and I agree, the whole hero complex, because in the next few chapters, uh, when she thinks that she's fulfilled the promise, she feels empty. Like, she doesn't know what to do with herself because she, for the last several years have been has been working to be the provider and she doesn't have that to do what she gonna do with her time mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. she hasn't exactly had the time to develop a hobby <laughs> right correct <laughs> yeah okay so when he goes um when he gets back he tells Vera that she looks better when he gets back to his end of the table when Tamlin goes back to his chair and sits down at the table, he tells Pharaoh that she looks better than before. You know, kind of a the preview to his next half-assed <laughs> compliment. Um, and then uh, she actually is able to kind of observe Lucian, encourage him to say more, kind of like the wingman the trying wingman. to <laughs> encourage him. Um, after she, you know, after she said. After he said that she looked better, then he says the, you know, iconic, your hair looks clean, you know? (laughs) (laughs) This piss poor attempt at a compliment actually manages to encourage Feyre to talk. When she does, she asks if they're high fey, and Tamlin, being the worst communication partner in history, simply says yes. You know, he answers with one word, um, which she herself... Uh, doesn't really assign blame for that because she killed their friend, right? She wouldn't want to talk to her, talk to her either. But this is the first bit of sympathy that Feyre begins to show toward him. So their plan is kind of working. 
She then asks what their plan was for her while she stays there. And in response, she gets a, a resounding, I don't give a fuck. Um, sorry, uh, expletive. What you do here from Chamlin. Um, and then uh, Lucian chokes on his wine when she asks if she's going to be their slave. <laughs> Tamlin is disgusted, um, explains that he doesn't have slaves. And the whole conversation is really annoying at this point because, to be honest, instead of explaining that she would basically just live there and not have to earn her keep, Tamlin tells her it's not his problem. Um, Lucian has to jump in to get more information out of her about her hobbies but the question is ludicrous for Feyre because they have no idea what it was like for her to live the way that she had been living, just fighting for the next meal. Um, you know, there was painting, but, you know, she doesn't want to give any of that information away. When she essentially begs to be released so that she can go back to her family, Lucian berates her because she, she hasn't even apologized for killing their friend. He then asks how she killed him and then reminds us all of her having skinned him. Talon jumps in to stop Lucian from going into more detail when Farrah pleads with Talon to let her go because her family won't last a month without her providing for them. Lucian being, you know, the jerk that he is, uh, but we all love, laughs, but she finally throws back in their face that they don't understand what it's like to be hungry. Talon then kind of goes on the defense and explains to her, you know, what, you know, do you really think that I would leave your family in dire straits because their provider left? You know, basically, you know, why would it, what she must think of the fae for her to think that they would leave her family like that. This entire conversation at the table is trying to accomplish so many things. It's like the worst Thanksgiving dinner ever. They're not happy to see her, but they're glad that she's there. And when she's finally opening up about her concerns, it would be, it should be endearing uh, that she's opening up to them, but they're insulted while also being worried about her opening up about her concerns because of the bargain with Amarantha. This takes us to question number three. So Tamlin does tell her that he's providing for her family while, while she's not there. Do you think that Tamlin does this out of the goodness of his heart? Do you think he planned it at the time that he took her away from the family? Or do you think it was an afterthought? Or possibly do you think it was Lucian's idea to get in Feyre's good graces? Lucian. I definitely think it's Lucian. <laughs> like for real. I mean, he could act as much as a bad boy as he likes, mm -hmm. but he has that little sensitive side where he knows her weakness, you know, which happens to be her family. Um, I can see him telling Tamlin it was a perfect way to gain her trust and by making sure her family was well taken care of. Personally, I don't know <laughs> if Lucian is sensitive. I think he's a sly fox. And so he's cunning, and that's, like, this whole time, all of the... All of the smart actions are, I, to me, in my opinion, is it's Lucian, mm -hmm. you know, doing yes. all the smart trickery stuff, um, all the, all the manipulation. That that whole plan is not. I cannot see Talon, you mm -hmm. know, at, in the war room saying this is how we're going to seduce her. He has no clue whatsoever. He, Lucian is literally like holding his hand, mm -hmm. telling her, "Hey, you know, yeah." I Tell kinda, her you like her. I kind of think that maybe he was the one also to send Andrus out there because that's the whole reason, or that's the whole, like... Game plan. Catalyst, I guess. Uh, it started, you know, Did their you? interaction. He had to go out there. Well, I don't know about Lucian agreeing to that. I mean, he well, did it, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't it... Because he hates it. Right, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Tamlin heard the the rules and he's just going by the rules and that's all he knew and yeah. then Lucian is doing all the other finesse the finessing of, <laughs> of Feyre <laughs> when Tamlin berates her for not being appreciative she is clamped back down to her chair because um, you know she's trying to get up and she sees no, she doesn't see anything she gets clamped down to her chair with invisible hands then he threatens her by saying that if she goes back to her family, that he'll take away all of the all of the stuff that he's providing her family, um, and he'll 
allow whomever to go and kill her for retaliation of Andra. So there's all, all these things that they're laying down in order to get her to stay. He then snarls at her and, and asks if that's not a fair bargain. He's kind of upset because he's like literally saying, like, isn't that a great deal? Like, your your family is being provided for. He doesn't go into any detail. He doesn't say, like, oh, I'm, like, giving them crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're getting water and crackers every day. <laughs> just crackers. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, he just... They're provided for. Uh, then, which may have been more than what Pharaoh was getting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. If I was hungry, I would totally eat a cracker. Then he basically says that she will not leave the table until she eats. And Lucian will try to be his best to be polite. Which, you know, Lucian doesn't care yeah so she eats finally she actually eats her entire plate goes for more chocolate tort um and it's taken away which mean but tamlin has um you know every right because he is trying to make sure that she doesn't puke from eating all that food Uh, when she politely thanks them and tries to retire for the night lucian being the absolute ass that he is in the scene um ask why she won't stay as if they haven't been complete jerks this far then he has the audacity to say that he doesn't understand why she wouldn't want their company tonight because male humans aren't much to look at mm-hmm. it sounds as though the humans he has met in the past were easily lured by attractive fae hence his disbelief that she would not want to do the same so this takes us to question number four so Lucian is so arrogant about his looks and Tamlin's looks, uh, but you know they're all wearing masks, covering half their face. So if you had to judge somebody by their looks, what would you think best determines your opinion? And one more one more thing before you do answer that, uh, we're we're coming to find that all the fairies look good. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then later on, when Feyre goes through a change, she looks good even better than her bath. After bath. Your <laughs> um, hair looks clean. Doesn't it seem a little bit to have, like, a parallel with, like, Twilight? Oh. You know, those vampires were all mm-hmm. good looking. And then Bella, she turns vamp. And then she's all beautiful again. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. So what, what would the feature be? Say the question again. What feature would you use to determine if that person is good looking to you? Like what? Yeah, teeth. Yeah, me, the eyes. (laughs) You can't see those. You can't judge through the teeth. Yeah, you can. You don't want a snaggle tooth. What what, what can you judge with me when you see my teeth? Yours are quite straight. Yours are very straight. I also like a strong chin. Uh, I don't care for a weak chin. Uh, Jaw. The jaw. jawline yeah. for men, yeah. For guys, it, I think a, a strong jaw, jawline oh. is dimples. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Beard. I could just keep on going, guys. <laughs> uh, Maggie likes it all. I like it all. I would be very annoyed because I am an eyebrow. <laughs> I like. Oh, as oh. long as they don't have a unibrow. That's cool. no, no. Oh. Or or if it's overplugged, I can't handle a man oh, who's yes. got better eyebrows than me. I'm like, what's up with that? No, or worse, like worse than your mom from this, you know, that grew up in the 70s and has, you know, no eyebrow whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no. I'm a, I think the eyebrows are, like, so important. And based on the masks that we see, the one that is, like, is on the, one of the covers, I think, or it's, oh, masquerade masks hide your eyebrows, so I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I will I not know if you are attractive yet. Okay. That's why I said the eyes, because the eyes are the windows to the soul. <laughs> for me it's the eyebrows okay uh, after this tamlin glares at lucian um for asking all of that but he doesn't seem to care in the moment Feyre responds why they'd even care because you know they're high fey but lucian being the cocky bastard that he is goes on to ask if she could just ignore the mechanical eye and see um that they aren't bad looking then we get to the root of what they may be trying to find out which is whether she's got a man or not. <laughs> and so they basically ask her, you know, do does she have a line of suitors out the door of your hovel? Which so, that, so she's a hoe? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they ask her if she's got a line of suitors out of 
her hovel. That is so mean. They just continually like call her house a hovel. Yeah. Anyway, Pharaoh then uh, takes delight in telling them that she did have a man, right? She does have a man. Um, it. They ask if it's love, and she clarifies that it definitely is not. Um, when asked if she loved anyone else, Pharaoh laughs and says, no, because love is not a concept she really considered when living in the human lands. They explain that they're trying to get to know her, and Tamlin says that Lucian's pride gets in the way of his manners and lets her leave. It's almost as if they were trying to make her fall in love, like, in one night. Like, because this whole conversation at the dinner table was just, like... Ten minutes. Yes! (laughs) That's why it was, like, the worst, worst family dinner ever. Mm We're like, we're, we're just mad. We're angry that you're here, but we want you to fall in love with us tonight. <laughs> and you know what? Fair game. I do feel like Lucian could probably make oh. me fall in love with him in one night. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. So it does seem like Lucian is trying to get all the discovery out of the way. You know, he's trying to get everything done in one night. Um, but when she steps out of the dining room, she can hear Lucian laughing and Tamlin growling at him. I imagine it's because he told her him his hair looked nice or clean. He's scolding his, like, <laughs> compliment. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Fair goes back to her room. She's not able to sleep. She's thinking about her family. And then she's still, uh, in the midst of her thinking in the night, she's thinking about her ter- his terrible compliment and actually <laughs> finds herself considering that he may not be that bad after all. That takes us to question number five. Yeah. So while in bed, Farah she thinks about her family, and at this point, now that she knows that Tamlin is providing for the family, she's thinking they might resent her if she returns, because all that goes away if she leaves Prithian. Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, so she's, <laughs> it almost seems like she's talking herself into, like, you know, it's okay to stay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next morning, she gets uh, CC's color, and she gets fed, and whatnot. Do you think if you were in her, her shoes, well, actually, if you were in her shoes, would you leave? Um, no. no. I would or not would leave. <laughs> I'm getting showered, fed, clothed, I'm getting sleep and attention, and soon mediocre face sex. So it's like, you know. Yeah, I would go right now. <laughs> I'd be like, Alice, massage my scalp. <laughs> Alice, be nicer to me. <laughs> Stop scolding me. I know. <laughs> Farah goes back uh, to her room. Oh. Okay, so Farah is given breakfast uh, after after she wakes up in the morning. She's astonished by bacon and her fancy tea that she gets. She gets some warning from Alice to be wary of all the fae because they don't mind killing a human even without the knowledge of Andrus's death. Um, she, she then does what many women do and scrutinizes her own looks. I'm talking about Farah, not Alice. She goes... I mean... Alice did scrutinize her. Like she totally like skinny shamed her. Anyway, she goes exploring in the manor and she's captivated by a painting of flowers in a vase. She becomes impressed by the colors against the back black backdrop. She peels herself away to explore more when she runs into Talon, who calls out to her saying, "You." Anyway, I I digress. This man is hopeless. Uh you know, before, during, and after Pharaoh, just hopeless all around. He never, like, gets any game ever. <laughs> he offers her a tour, and she remembers he called her insignificant and blows him off. Like, totally, I would. Like, you can just call me in- in- insignificant. I would totally just, like, no. He finally asks if she has a problem with him. <laughs> and she confesses that she suspects that she could still be harmed, but not killed. She finally tells him like and andrus was on the wrong side of the of the wall but tamlin states that the treaty doesn't explicitly say that fey are banned from anything so there's that there there goes my theory um kind of like there's no law that says that there should be toilet paper in restrooms but there they are you know you could use your hand yeah oh my gosh <laughs> air dry <laughs> he's a complete idiot simply states that you know, it's there so that they don't enslave 
the humans. But technically, there's nothing there to keep the Fae from marching over and taking their realm, which is sort of ridiculous, but perhaps that's why humans are so wary of, you know, fairy trickery. He finally comforts her by saying that he's not interested in their lands at all whatsoever. Uh, But it doesn't mean that anyone else wouldn't be, you know, which is not comforting anyway. (laughs) Fair then asks why he was there. Tamlin finally explains that there's a sickness and that it that's been plaguing Prithian for the last almost 50 years, forcing him and the few courtiers around him to wear those masks. Um, so that finally we get an explanation about the masks. Um, one of the questions I kind of inserted in here is if you could choose a mask to wear for 50 years, what, what mask would it be? <laughs> a dragon. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, a kitty cat. No, 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 I hate cats. No? Oh, I don't know. I was going to take the dragon, but she said it first. I'm cool. Oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he says that Andrus was looking for a cure across the wall. So that's basically what he was doing there. During this encounter, because Vera realizes Tamlin remembers her name at some point, she believes that her life there will be better. <laughs> low standards, right? There. I know. <laughs> Just then, remember my name. Like, it's so, so very low. But then again, her, you know, her standard was some guy with colorful eggs yeah. at home. Yeah. So, so that takes us to question six. So my question is, so the blight has been going on for 50 years? Mm-hmm. 49, actually. Oh, okay. Almost Mm -hmm. 50 50 years. years. Nearly 50 years, and Mm -hmm. they have to wear a mask the entire time. How do you think you would feel about wearing this mask? Would you feel, like, um, smothered, or do you think you could handle it? No. I mean, I got anxiety when we had to wear the mask for COVID. Oh, yeah. For, you know... All the time. The, um, I, I can't imagine that the Fae have a whole lot of acne. <laughs> yeah. Because they're perfect. The, yeah. bra- the breakouts that I would have. <laughs> not pretty. Another thing is, do you think that Feyre is the first human they've tried this on to make Tamlin fall in love with? Or her fall in love with Tamlin, sorry. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, maybe I was wondering if Lucian was just bored with all the boring females that they have. Oh, so he decides to play with this one? Is that what you're saying? Well, I think he's just like that with maybe... Like he finally finally just like said, screw it. I'm just going to be a complete dick to this one. And then he just... I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. But I'm glad you brought it up because I wonder how often are they trying to make someone fall in love. And Talon is still not good at it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's been 49 years. I'm sure there was somebody else. She's only what, now like... Was it 19? 19 years so, old. Yeah. Like, really? Like, <laughs> to wait that long, you know. How easily were you able mm. to be impressed by yeah. men when you were 19? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> Easil- easily, yeah. right? You're yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bottle number two, opening up. Stella Rosa, red apple. It's quite tasty. It's very good. Very. Chapter eight. Uh, we see Farah going through the garden, pretending to wander around. She's looking for hiding places, paths to take, because she still plans to escape. She wants to eventually look for a weapon to carry, uh, or find an armory where she can, you know, sneak something out while or for her escape. She has come to the realization that she is safe at the Spring Court, but she'd still like to find someone to plead her case to Tamlin. Her focus is Lucian. Yeah. <laughs> so while, also while sitting in the bench, we see her uh, kind of interact with this creature that's playing around her, giggling, standing close to her. We don't get much information about who these fairies are. Um, and it's very a small snippet. I imagine it means something later on, but at this moment, we're just like, huh? What's going on? It's like a, a light or something that she sees a flash of light. Yes, yes. And it's like little footsteps. Yeah, like... Wouldn't that be creepy? Kind of like a little kid ghost? <laughs> yeah. And then it's two of them. It's like she knows it's two of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So then Alice calls Farah in for lunch. Later during that night, Farah steals a knife. So, you know, her plan's in play. While looking at uh, Tamlin and Lucian, she's looking at their weapons. She's not checking them out. She's looking at their weapons. That's the type of woman she is. Much to Lucian's disappointment. <laughs> and then, yeah, because then Lucian kind of calls her out. It's like, you like what you see? 
Um, and then Tamlin tells or discusses that Feyre likes to hunt, so that's probably why she was checking out their uh, weapons. She's surprised that Tamlin knew this, but he's like, duh, you had a quiver in your house, you got rough-ass hands. Uh, she says, no, I don't like to hunt. I did mm-hmm. it out of necessity. Yeah. Um, at this point, they find out she's only 19. I don't like to work. I have to do it out of necessity. She silently dreams to herself that she wants to return home. She wants to marry her sisters off and <laughs> hang out with her dad the rest of her days painting. That is so sad, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the mom in... Was it Pride and Prejudice where she just wants oh, to get her? Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Bennett. <laughs> she tries to warm them up by mm. starting a conversation with them because that's all it takes. Mm. Uh, Lucian makes some ridiculous joke about fairies dancing under the moon yeah. and snatching babies. <laughs> they ask her, like, why didn't your mom teach you about us? And they find out that her mother actually passed when she was eight years old from typhus. Hmm. Um, this is when she promised her... <laughs> her mom at eight years old that she was going to take care of her family so at present she's actually lived without her mother in her life more than she's lived with her mother um she even says that she stopped missing her mother so she took on this responsibility at eight do you remember what kind of person you were at eight years old no I couldn't even promise mom that I wouldn't ask for something when we went shopping. Yeah. You know, like, don't ask for anything. Yeah, sure. I think at eight, I was pushing our brother down the stairs. (laughs) You did. You did. That was bad. I was outside playing. I get reminded of that push, like, at least yearly. He fell down a flight of stairs. He's not good. He's not, he's not, you know, he hasn't been affected. He hasn't been affected. He's got no deficits. He's great. He can't grow hair in a certain part of his beard. (laughs) He's kind of crazy. He needs to shave anyway. (laughs) Is that why? Yeah. That's messed up. Would you be, of your family, would you be the one that your mother turned to and asked you this? Maybe not at eight years old, but... At a younger age, would, would were you responsible enough that you would be the one that your mom asked you, hey, take care of your siblings, take care of your dad? Yeah. I would say yes for me. Um, I don't... I think mom would ask all of us to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? I think that the responsibility would have been split. I mean, maybe a little less towards uh, the younger one. <laughs> <laughs> it um, is random that she asked her to do that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. I wonder if maybe she just saw something in Farah and made her think to ask her. I know, but isn't it like insane that she's, uh, you know, developing these traits at such a young age? Like <laughs> yeah. she's the most responsible one. I don't know how much older Elaine is, but what if she's like five years older? That, they're that, not. Yeah. They're not even that much older. Are they not? No. no. Okay. I think they're literally like three or four years apart. It's not oh. a big deal. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. So she returns her to her room and she builds an escape kit, extra clothes, yeah, her kitchen knife, go, go bag, and <laughs> in, in case they have like a steak out there, um, <laughs> spread some butter, butter. Okay. <laughs> Chapter nine. Uh, the next morning, she puts her plan into motion. She's going to find Lucian and sway him to her side. Yeah. But before she finds Lucian, she finds the great Tamlin. He asks her, hey, do you want to tour around my grounds? And she says no. But she can see that Tamlin's upset. He seems like he's not used to being told no. Mm. Do you feel bad for Tamlin? No. Or do you see this as a red flag? You know, he's provided for her. He lets her roam around. He, but he also gives her chocolate tort. So does she yeah. owe him for that? Also, remember, keep in mind, you don't know what's happening in the future. No. So don't, I don't want you to be. No, if if I had a, well, I don't know. If I had a Tamlin walk into my life right now, I would totally have him. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if he gives you a chocolate And walk his grounds. And walk his grounds. What? Walk his grounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, what, his what do you want me to do with his grounds? <laughs> Sorry. However, I do think. That he is not putting much effort, other than, you know, paying for her family. Uh, I think that she, I don't know if it's like a man taking a dinner out, taking out a lady for dinner. 
Mm-hmm. Not taking the dinner out, taking the lady out, <laughs> and then expecting something in return. Like oh, try yeah. a little harder. You know, <laughs> you don't, we don't owe you anything. I don't know. For Feyre, at this point, it's attractive to her because she doesn't have to provide for him. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's that just like at minimum makes him attractive to her. But yeah. for me, I don't want to work, so. Yeah, and I think around. <laughs> totally yeah. take <laughs> I want I'm going to need a podcast. <laughs> Tamlin, do you, do you take the sister too? <laughs> <laughs> and he would buy me all my my podcast equipment and be like here be happy okay and wine and wine and chocolate tort <laughs> so she does find lucian he's in the stable and he invites her to go with him on a patrol or hunt he <laughs> even gives her a quiver of, of arrows oh, lucian. he snarkily asks if there was any game good enough for her to slaughter he's like there's birds there's squirrels <laughs> she's like little gophers it's riding right next to me <laughs> run but she says she only hunted again she reminds him i, I only hunted because i needed to the spring court is not in need of food they had magical food a feast hmm. He then informs him, or Feyre, that she is she is accompanying him on Andrews' old route that he used to patrol. Yeah. Yeah. She apologizes once again, and this one seems more sincere. She He apologizes for insulting her poor par- appearance. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude. No. <laughs> Feral animal. <laughs> he surprises Feyre... By asking when she's going to initiate the plan to get him to ask Tamlin to let her go. That's why I was, I was wondering, like, how many times this has happened. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many people had the same yeah, idea? He says, like, you know, how convenient. You were at the right place at the right time when I'm about to go all on my little route. How convenient for you to be there. <laughs> and then he tells her, sorry, I don't have that kind of power. Uh, in fact, he'd rather her be gone. So, you know, if he had his choice, he would send her out. Unfortunately, she's stuck here. She thinks to herself that there must be another way. <laughs> so, just to make conversation, she's asking about the rest of the court, which surprises Lucian. We find that they've had masks on since the celebration of Tamlin getting his shape-shifting power. Ooh. And we also find out that not all fairies can shape-shift. So, you know, Tamlin is special. Mm-hmm. He then mentions the her that all fairies are afraid of. He won't discuss any further when Feyre asks because, you know, she's very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, she thinks that she may be the one who governs the territory, one of these seven courts of Prithian. She asks about his scar. He only gives her a vague answer. She finds there's a fairy that will answer your questions if you trap it. This cereal. Oh. And this is My her favorite. next plan. I love the cereal. Yes. At this time during their patrol, Lucian kind of freezes up. He senses a being in the forest and favors knee jerk reaction is to pull out her bow, you know. She wants to shoot somebody else in the eye. Lucian needs the other eye. Yeah. He needs another robo eye. Um, robo. She's like, I want to get that eye. <laughs> he then tells Farah not to react. What would you have done? We all know <laughs> there's a person that says, don't look now, but, and they immediately, they turn around. So of the three of us, who would most likely fail at keeping a straight face and not reacting? Me. You think so? I, I thought it was me because failing. I, yeah, failing. Oh, yeah. I thought it was me too. <laughs> all three of us. We're all we dead. Suck in we, that situation. Yeah, we, we can't hide our, you know, with our facial We're too blunt. We don't, you don't have to say anything. I can't. Uh-uh. I can't tell you how beneficial, at the same time, how annoying the masks were, but the, they were beneficial, especially when you were, like, having to hide your <laughs> expression. Yeah. <clears throat> Chapter 10. So she feels this cold being in the forest, but she's not able to see it. She just stares in front of her. Uh, this being is whispering in her ear all the things it wants to do to her, um, while Pharaoh is just trying not to look at it. And he's, he's, the being is actually saying, look at me, look at me. And if you um, actually listen to the dr- dramatized version, it is quite scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So she, while she's trying not to react, Feyre tries to think of pleasant things to distract her. A cloudless, starry night, bathing in the forest pool, meeting with Isaac for adequate sex and hot bread. Do you think this is her appreciating the little things? Or is this proof of her sad little life and willingness to accept the mediocre? Yes. Definitely accepting the mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the the low expectations she has, it sets, it kind of sets up the story. Also, um, it also sets up Farrah for appreciating Tamlin. Because up to this point, Tamlin isn't clever. He isn't funny. You know, in fact, we're like, we're like some people. I won't say everybody is, but we're even more interested in Lucian <laughs> just because he has a personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least. Um but his protection and the ability to provide for her and her family is probably the most that he has to offer. Um, and even protection is up for debate when you consider what was probably uh, the most that he offered. Even, um, because later on in the book, you see that he's you know, not able to really fulfill protection all the time. But... Uh, during this whole time, Tamlin isn't developing any kind of like intimacy, like by talking, just talking about himself. It's all Lucian. Lucian is telling her everything, and the you know the whole basis of their relationship is a lie. And so, like the whole um, life flashing before her eyes of the things that she enjoyed to help distract her from looking the at the bog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's really sad, but it kind of tells you that she doesn't know anything better. So right. Tamlin looks better to someone like her, you know, someone who had to, like, be in love with a guy. With right. he was, She wasn't even in love. She knew enough then that she, you know, didn't have, you know, she didn't have much. And I don't know. What else? What do y'all have to say? I think that it was her willingness to accept the mediocre. And I do feel that sometimes nowadays women tend to do that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. They stick with someone far too long for the sake of being with someone. So yeah. yeah. So eventually that thing disappears into the brush. Feyre asks Lucian what that being was, and a pale Lucian answers, "It's the bog." So the bog is a fairy who is pretty scary. You cannot hunt it or kill it. When you acknowledge it, it becomes real. Does this remind you of any stories your parents might have told you when you were small? The Kukui, right? Kukui. Yes. Yeah. So, anybody who doesn't know the Kukui, it was, you know, the Hispanic version of the Boogeyman. I don't have a description of it because I don't think anybody ever saw the Kukui. Yeah. We were just threatened with him all the time. Mm -hmm. Especially if we didn't sleep. Yes, that was a big one. <laughs> the one that was asleep was Lechusa. No, that's when you go outside. Oh, is it going tree. outside? Right. Because oh, oh my god, it creeps me out so bad. Yeah. So she tells Lucian that the voice was in her head. They make more small talk about their abilities to fight with a sword and hunt. Uh, they get into a little spat when he brings up Andres again. Like, let it go, he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. It's, like, been two days. <laughs> Damn. He asks if she's never not <laughs> serious, or ever not serious and dull, and she retorts, do you ever stop being such a prick? Uh, and then yes. he seems to smile. He actually likes this. Do you think that this is what Alice meant when she said he could do with a little someone snapping at him? Or do you think this is Alice's way to give her somebody to have on her side while she's there, trying to keep her in Prithian so that this curse can be broken? I, when I was reading the series for the first time, I wanted Lucian for Feyre. That, yeah, that was another thing. Do you think Lucian's trying to get Feyre to his side? She's like, oh, this is the type of woman I like. Honestly, at that point, I thought they were going to get together. Mm. Yeah, because of how close they were and all that stuff. Before I, you know, got further along, but I did like Lucian a lot better than everybody. He's so cute. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't think that he, she necessarily needed Alice's 
advice though like because it does we do see that Feyre doesn't take a whole lot of crap yeah she'll talk you know she talked back to Elaine at the very beginning when she asked her where did she get the deer I'll never (laughs) not be annoyed by that like where do you think I got this deer (laughs) (laughs) Amazon (laughs) (laughs) you know she talked back she's snarky and she has her own little snark back um but I do kind of feel like at this point, like he's like lightening up, right? And he's enjoying her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like she's sort of like in a relationship with Tamlin and Lucian. Mm-hmm. Not Tamlin alone. You know, it's both of them. Right? Yeah, like both of them together is her mate. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can, if you can take a little personality from Lucian, a little bit from mm-hmm. uh, Tamlin, like it would be the perfect guy, right? Yeah. Tam, Tam. So when they return home, uh, they run into Tamlin, who's kind of annoyed because he asked her to hang out with her, him. And she was like, I'm too busy. But here she is with Lucian. Uh, Lucian tells him, Tamlin, that they did run into the bog while out on their patrol. He gets all sorts of pissed and asks what area they ran into it. He storms out and Lucian tells Feyre he's going to hunt the bog. For whatever reason, Tamlin has the ability to hunt or kill this bog. Um, while he's out there later on that night, she watches out her window for Tamlin's re- return. Would you say that this is a sign of her warming up to him? Or do you think maybe she's hoping that he'll be killed and she won't see him return? And then she can make her escape. Die, I can leave now. <laughs> oh my god, I can leave this luxury to go live in my hovel. <laughs> yeah. When he had left, she had asked Lucian about it and she was flattered by it. Do you remember that? Slaughtered by what? By uh, Tamlin going out to kill the bog. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, nobody could kill it, and she asked. Yeah, yeah. he did say that. He right. did say, oh, no one can kill it. Right. But Tamlin, Tamlin can. can. <laughs> <laughs> so how she discussed, like, how the creature cannot be killed by anyone else, but couldn't be killed by Tamlin, intrigued her. Mm-hmm. Um, the thought of the power he had to do so, and he didn't try to kill her in any way, um, was a sign that I saw that was her warming up to him. Um, her watching out the window to see if anybody was coming back. I see it was, um, like, she wanted to see if the hype was true, if she died <laughs> during that little battle or not. I mean, he, sorry, yeah. the wine's kicking in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like she's fine, final. Like, she was the one that was hunting for her family, and now he's out there hunting for somebody for her or not for her only but probably you know the bog's been living there happily or (laughs) (laughs) happily (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh he tried to get Lucian the other day (laughs) it's fine (laughs) but not fair but yeah okay so while she's staring out there she sees someone in the garden and she thinks it's her father so introducing the third bottle. The third. If you start hearing slurs, you know why. It's the Andre wine cocktails in the flavor pineapple mimosa. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Moving on to chapter 11. After she sees her father in the garden, she starts laying, layering her clothes because she plans to escape. She follows him out there, and when she gets out there, he starts hobbling with his janky leg. Towards the gate. Stank, stanky leg. <laughs> he did the whole dance and everything. Um, yeah, he did. Before she could get through them, she gets stopped. She's actually stopped by Tamlin. She gets really angry with him because he's prevented her from fleeing. But Tamlin shows her that it's not really her father. And she needs to keep her wits about her. It reminds her that her, her human senses would betray her. She looks once again. It's not her father any longer. It's actually a quiver and a bow. One more time, a pack of supplies. And then, eventually, the most unbelievable thing would be her sister's. (laughs) (laughs) So, in reality, it's a puka, a fairy that would have fooled her, lured her away, using her own desires, and devoured her. After being tricked by the puka, Tamlin confronts Feyre about trying to escape. This is when Feyre tells uh, Tamlin of her promise to her mother. Tamlin says... That he is, she has not broken her promise, but has actually fulfilled it by staying in Perithian. You know, her family is now cared for. As Freyra, would you feel a little bit relieved? Or would you that make you question 
what would have come to your family if you were like, screw it, kill me now, I'm not going to prison. <laughs> so right now, it kind of seems like Tamlin has left her without a choice. So, I, yeah, I would be relieved. I, mm. I'd miss my my family, but I do think that she is justifying, you know, a lot for the sake of the plot. Um, <clears throat> but. I don't think she necessarily was left without a choice. It's like he was trying to free her mind up so that she could think about the possibility of living in Prithian um, from, you know, for the rest of her life. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, fall, and falling for a hairy high lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it kind of like is a way to free her free her mind up from, you know, she's obsessing about, you know, going back to her family, like anyone would be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first it was like he was basically getting after her and threatening her and saying, if you go back, you know, I'm going to take all that stuff away. But now it's at least a little bit more of a comfort, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to just make sure that she understands that, that's something you don't have to worry about anymore. And then for Feyre, like she's always constantly probably worrying about providing for food and mm-hmm. providing for her family. And so to let go of that, she doesn't know any other way to live anyway. So it's the uh, the possibilities with that is like probably hard. Question: What would you do with your days if you're Feyre? You no longer had to fulfill that role. Start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I would take naps. I would, yeah. I never get to take naps anymore, so I, I would take naps. I would know. read. You read, yeah. Everything, anything, all day. You know, she she runs into a massive library later. Maybe they mm-hmm. got some romance novels in mm-hmm. there. That's when the, like, the Beauty and the Beast, like, really mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. feel yeah. Yeah. really hit. But then when you find out that, you know, she's she a can't even read. No. Right. <laughs> she can't even enjoy books. So Feyre asks about not seeing sentries on the ground, and Tamlin states that they don't need them as long as he's around, revealing he's a trained warrior. Running the lands was not supposed to follow him. He also explains that the lands used to be guarded. However, the blight has weakened the wards that kept evil fairies out. Feyre makes it a routine to ride with Lucian during his um, patrols through the land. During one of their meals together, while Tamlin's out hunting the bog, Lucian tells Feyre about how Tamlin would react if disobeyed. You don't hold on to power by being everyone's friend. A firm hand is needed. Feyre seems to feel sorry for Tamlin, believing it a lonely place. Do you think this is Lucian's plan by telling her this? Or do you think it was kind of a warning? Or maybe he wants her for himself. All of the above. Lucian has formed a bond with Feyre, I think. I wouldn't put it past him that, you know, that he would forewarn her in a cryptic way. Cryptic way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like he has taken a liking to her, and perhaps it's because he has a familiar energy that he has within, <clears throat> that he's been searching for, and uh, that later leads him where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. If I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, but yeah. I think uh, she sees a sense of duty in him that she has in herself. You know, he's taking up protecting the Supreme Court, and it wasn't supposed to be him. And she's doing the same for her family when, in reality, it shouldn't be her. Yeah. I I think that based on Tamlin's father, and that's probably how he ran things as well. Um, So he is just probably following in his father's footsteps. Um. But also, you have to think about all of the fae that they have kind of glamoured away mm-hmm. out of her her eyesight. I wonder if, um, if in a way, that Lucian saying that is kind of like his way of saying, like, he can't be nice all the time. Like, sometimes he has to be rough. Like, sometimes he has to be, you know, mm-hmm. he can't just be your friend all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, later on, we find out that, you know, there are some things about the court that are just... Right, that have to be done um, mm-hmm. in a certain way, and Tamlin has to be the bad guy, unfortunately. So she's seeing that the the court can be a, a lonely place for him, but she's also glamored into thinking that 
they're like the only two people in the house. <laughs> yes, but we don't know this yet. <laughs> yes. Spoiler. Yeah, so but that's the thing. Like she's thinking, "Oh, there there you know, he has no one else. He just has Lucian." You know. Um, which I would be suspicious at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a couple guys hanging out in a big old manor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, what's going on here?" Um, yeah, I wish uh, it was Lucy getting closer to Farah, but I do always think that whenever Lucian is talking to Farah before before we get to the end of the of the movie of the of the book, I think it's all a plan. It's all like mm-hmm. manipulation. Okay, so Farah feeling bad for Talon seems to show herself warming up to him. What about all that's happened thus far do you think started the connection between Feyre and Tamlin? She obviously spends most of her days with Lucian, so only getting bits and pieces of Tamlin's personality. So what do you think? Uh, I think it's... I think that Feyre gets closer to Tamlin through Lucian's version of Tamlin. That's Mm -hmm. true, yeah. Yeah, because... Lucian is the only one that's giving intimate details about Tamlin. Right. Tamlin isn't talking to Feyre. Lucian is the one that he, he's clearly the communicator. And in a way, like like I think I probably mentioned earlier, is that she's in a relationship with, how do I, comp- uh, I'll say Tushin. <laughs> Tushin. She's in a relationship with Tushin. <laughs> it sounds like a cough syrup. <laughs> Tamlin and Lucian because it's like Tamlin is the is the gruff guy and then Lucian is well he's a gruff guy but he's the personality mm-hmm. you know it's almost like they're a package deal mm-hmm. and so she's like it, <clears throat> she's in love with the idea of what Lucian's telling her who Tamlin is you know I agree with you but I also see like She's also seeing Tamlin's actions mm-hmm. and putting both of them together. How mm-hmm. he went to go kill the bog for mm-hmm. them, and that's you true. Know, yeah. Things that he's doing behind everything. So yeah, I also think that um, you know, spending time with Lucian and spending time with Alice, mm-hmm. they both seem to have a certain respect for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they would do that if he was a bad guy. So I right. think she's trying to see. Oh, he's kind of a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So toward the end of this chapter, Favra has a nightmare about killing Andrus, and she finally feels some regret and shame. Going back, though, I do feel like they are kind of very much manipulating her. Yeah. Though, because, like, if you think about it, if she hadn't been glamoured, she would have been completely distracted with probably forming relationships with other people, or Mm -hmm. not other people, other fae. You know, in the court or whatever, she could have probably like become friends with somebody, maybe even fell in love with a different fae. But they're like, everyone is like just glamoured out of there, and they're like, look at Tamlin. <laughs> yeah. If she had social graces, but, yeah. You know. But they're all looking, they're all talking about Tamlin. They're always like thinking about Tamlin, and yeah, kind of referring to Tamlin. Okay, so chapter twelve. Farah walks through the halls at night to avoid returning to sleep. This is following that nightmare. She makes herself a makeshift map with X's and, and circles <laughs> because she cannot read or write. Aww, poor <laughs> Farah. <Aww. laughs> I feel so bad for her. Like a gameplay. <laughs> she still uh, wants to find hiding places to flee in case she needs it. She, you know, there was the bog. That came through. If there was any other reason for her to, to hide, she'd need to find the spot. She's trying to do it ahead of time. Um, Tamlin returns to the home while Farah is in the foyer working on her little map. He confirms he's killed the bog. When Tamlin sees Farah's map, he observes she cannot write. Hmm. Farah notices he's limping and injured. She tends to his wounds you know, during that whole, you know, wrapping him up and whatnot, he tells her, you weren't what I expected for a human. What do you think he meant? And do you think that they're both just a little prejudiced? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both very prejudiced. Right. He's very judgmental, just like she is. She, I mean, he expects nothing less than a human that would be weak and submissive. Um, she shows strength and qualities that go beyond his initial judgment he placed upon her. So it shows him that she's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know they are prejudiced. 
And who knows when the last time Tamlin has interacted with a human. You know, Feyre, <laughs> on her end, has never interacted uh, with a fae and, or mm-hmm. fairy or whatever until now. Unless you got the one she murdered, of course. She did interact with that. It was just killing him. Um, I think it's the, the best way uh, for you to form an accurate opinion or a good opinion is to actually interact with that person yourself. Um, Someone might be a total dick to someone else, but they're Mm -hmm. really nice to you. Mm -hmm. So the following morning, she happens to overhear a conversation between Lucian and Tamlin. Lucian uh, asks Tamlin what he's doing. He reminds Tamlin that there isn't much time. For what? We don't know at this time. Tamlin states that he won't do to them what his father did and asks Lucian to back off. Lucian accuses Tamlin of becoming soft, even though he has a heart of stone is what we hear. Mm-hmm. Lucian is upset that the Puka and Bog have entered the spring court, signaling the barriers between courts vanishing. They go on to discuss what has been lost already due to the blight. Favor makes a small noise and the conversation ends because they know she's listening. She tries to hide the fact that she was eavesdropping and asks Lucian for a ride. Still heated from their conversation, uh, Lucian says he's too busy and that Tamlin would ride with her. She tells Tamlin, nope, I don't want to go for a hunt. She doesn't even like hunting. He asks her about her wound, and Tamlin thanks her and commends her for her ability to bind his hand. Another skill she learned while adapting to the harsh life of hunting and providing for her family. Tamlin asks if she ever had someone care for her, which Feyre says no. He asks her how she learned how to hunt, and she says trial and error. She reveals she spied on other hunters in practice. If she missed, her family didn't eat. Tamlin then surprises her by asking about the knife that she stole from the table. I guess she didn't think he noticed. He says he could smell the fear on her when she took it. He also tells her she needs to be more creative to escape the Fae. He accuses her of eavesdropping. Since she's now been discovered, she asks what he and Lucian were speaking of, but Tamlin gave her an answer that didn't really explain much. He did mention other fairies may... um, Maybe entering the spring court. I guess he means other fairies like the bog and the puga. Something else might be coming through. And then towards the end, Tamlin leads her to, if you you want to talk about the study. Yes. So at the end of the chapter, Tamlin leads Feyre to the room with the double doors. As he opens the doors, he says, as requested, the study to Feyre. She looks in and sees what lays within and states that her stomach is twisted. Why do you think her stomach was suddenly in knots? Is it because she's been curious to see what's been hidden behind that door for a bit now? Why do you think Tamlin wouldn't let her see it before? And do you think these knots are because of the excitement of it or because of something she found that was disturbing? I think her stomach's in knots because she sees all the books and she can't read. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I think it is. I think yeah. it's, she yeah. cannot read. It's like one of the things that she she can hunt, she can defend herself, and, you know. And I think that Tamlin probably didn't want her to go in there prior to that. Because he just didn't want her wandering in her house. Not really. He didn't trust her. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess they're kind of warming up to each other now. So he's like, okay, here you go. Here's your books that you can't read. Yeah. I've, honestly, it's true. Go learn you some letters. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Feyre. <laughs> you know, it's not her fault. So yeah. No, it's not. It's her mother. It's yeah. her mother's fault. It, it was. It literally says it in the book. So, any ladies, any other comments that you have for the chapters that we did cover today? Anything that maybe you forgot to mention that you'd like to mention at this moment? No, just just that I feel like <clears throat> Feyre is like you can tell that she's like getting more and more comfortable with them, and um, even though um, Tamlin is not really necessarily opening up himself, Lucian is doing the work for him, <laughs> and so she's kind of like getting interested in them both right yeah but she doesn't see it as just lucian lucian is just like this is Tam-. like you know like he's being trying to be the the best wing man that he probably <laughs> could without having any wings which is detrimental at least to him mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know mags no i have no commentary at this time just that the wine is really hitting me okay oh, yeah. <laughs> all right Join us next week as we discuss chapters 13 through 18 of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass.
See you later, witches!